Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through 6. It says, And when Abram was ninety years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abram and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect, and I will make my covenant between me and thee, and will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abram fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called be Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. This is the first reference in the Bible to the name or name the Almighty God. Uh, in Hebrew, the word Almighty God here is it means or it is El the the God name is El Shaddai, and it refers to the All Sufficient One, or, or and it's really two words, El and Shaddai. Um, El means strong one, Shaddai or Shad means breast. Uh, or breasted. And let's think about this tonight. I just want to, this is a message to encourage you in your walk with the Lord and in your strength with the Lord because the word El, the name of God, El Shaddai, means the breasted one who is the source of nourishment, strength, or satisfaction. So let's have a word of prayer and then we'll look at some things here from this. Heavenly Father, we do thank you again for the opportunity and privilege we have to open your precious word tonight. I pray, Father, that you help us to think upon these things and the God whom we serve, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and of Jacob. For thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, Father, help us to realize that our strength, our encouragement, our satisfaction, our fruitfulness is all in thee. And so, Lord, just encourage us in this day and time which we're living to rest in you, to trust in you for our daily lives. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, as we think about this, the Almighty God, or the El Shaddai, He is the strength giver. He is the strength giver. And we find this, of course, uh, taught throughout the Bible. We're going to be looking at a lot of scriptures tonight. For example, Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. When the children of Israel are leaving Egypt, <clears throat> or preparing to leave Egypt... And Moses is speaking to them about this. And he says in Exodus 13, verse 3, And Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out from Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out from this place. There shall no leavened bread be eaten. Notice again verse 14. And it shall be when thy son asketh thee in time to come, saying, What is this? Of course, what, what he's referring to, the Passover, that they were to eat, and no leavened bread, 
what's this, what's, what is this? What's this mean? Thou shalt say unto him, By strength of hand the Lord brought us out from Egypt, from the house of bondage. Verse 16, And it shall be a, for token upon thine hand, for frontless between thine eyes, for by strength of hand the Lord brought us forth out of Egypt. See, we need to understand or come to the place where we understand that our strength is in the Lord. Our strength is in the Lord. He is our strength giver. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, 1 Samuel chapter 15, and verse 29, 1 Samuel 15, verse 29. This is the name of God, actually. 1 Samuel 15, 29. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent. For he is not a man that he should repent. Notice, Samuel calls the Lord or names the Lord as the strength of Israel. Strength is capitalized here. So it's referring to a person. So he is the strength, or he is, he's the, he's, his, one of his titles is the strength of Israel. Second uh, Kings chapter 19. Second Kings 19. And... Verse 3, 2 Kings 19, verse 3. Sennacherib has surrounded Jerusalem, and Hezekiah is making his plea unto the Lord. And 2 Kings 19, verse 3 says, And they said unto him, Thus saith Hezekiah, This day is a day of trouble, and of rebuke, and of blasphemy. For the children are come to the birth, and there is not strength to bring forth. But notice verse 35. And it came to pass that that night that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred and fourscore and five thousand. And when they rose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. You know, it kind of reminds me, you know, my thought was was this. I was reading this. You know, Hezekiah says there's not strength to bring forth. In other words, we don't have strength to overcome this. And it's kind of like God says, that's okay. I'll take care of it. You, you can't, but I can't. Do you ever wonder why or where David got his courage or his boldness? Look at, go to the uh, uh, Psalms 27. Psalm 27. <clears throat> Psalm 27 and verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 20, chapter 28, verse 1. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that get down into the pit. Uh, look at verses 7 and 8. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in Him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise Him. The Lord is their strength, and He is the saving strength of His anointed. 
chapter 3 and verse 3. He says, But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory and the lifter up of my head. Now, if you would look up the word shield in, in the Psalms, you'll find it's used, over, David uses that term over and over and over again. See, God was his strength, his shield, his protector. Uh, God gives strength to us to do what we need to do to please him. Uh, you know, we might, we might think we don't have strength, and, and when we have given up something we maybe have given up as impossible, if it's right, it's not impossible. If something is right, we should never say it's impossible. Because what we're really saying is, we don't believe God can do it. We don't believe. It's a lack of faith. If something is right in the sight of the Lord, we should never say it's impossible. You know, Mary said, how can this be? And the Lord said, or the angel said to her, with God, nothing shall be impossible. So if something is right in the sight of God, we should never say it's impossible. Because with God, all things are possible. Uh, some people you know, have the idea that there's things that they can't do. I, there, was a, there was a guy in Maine. He'd always say, well, that's just the way I am. Finally, I told him one day, I said, Robert, no, it's not just the way you are. It's just the way you want to be. Because just saying this the way I am is saying that God that I can't change. No, if you want to change, God can change you. You see, nothing is impossible with God. It's the question is how big is your God? Isaiah forty thirty one says, They that wait, and the idea there is resting or putting their trust and their confidence in the Lord, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles, they shall run and not be weary, they shall walk and not faint. See, God is the Almighty. He is the strength giver. You know, Brother Hull was talking about Joshua, made reference to Joshua this morning. And, and one of the things that God told Joshua through Moses was, be strong and of a good courage. But you know what he else told him? As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. No man shall stand against thee all the days of thy life. And so we understand that God is our strength. He is the one also, as we think about this El Shaddai and the breast, he's the one that satisfies. You know, the breast is something that nourishes and satisfies, not only strengthens, but it satisfies. Uh, Look at chapter uh, Psalm 91, verse 4. 91 verse 1, I'm sorry, and then verse 4. Psalm 91, verse 1. Psalm 91 verse 4 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. Surely He shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. 
Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. You see, again, so the Lord is the one who is the, the one who will satisfy and protect us. Uh, and we're to put, you know, we're to come under the, abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It speaks of, of a place of rest, of comfort, of protection. And we live in a world that's becoming more and more hostile and antagonistic to Christianity. But we need to have our confidence in God and realize that, that he, is our, he is the one in whom we can rest and trust. So like a, a chick, a chick finds rest and comfort and security under its mother's wings. Finds refuge there. Verse 9, he says in verse 9 here, Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over thee, keep thee in all thy ways. And so we need to find our rest and our comfort in him. Look at Psalm 71. In verse 3, Psalm 71, verse 3. <clears throat> Be thou my strong habitation, whereunto I may continually resort. Thou hast given commandment to save me, for thou art my for- rock and my fortress. You know, when we think of a refuge, a uh, refuge or a, a place, you know, we have this kind of, we have this, um, you know, we go on vacation and we want to go to a resort. What do you do at a resort? It's a place where people go to relax and rest. Uh, you know, it's like a refuge. And the Lord is our, is, is our refuge. You know, we can, we go to Him for, for security, for rest, for comfort. Look at Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. And these are, again, familiar verses. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. Matthew 11, 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is is light. So we need to find our, our satisfaction and our comfort in the Lord. You know, the psalmist said in Psalm 23, verse 1, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In other words, I'll be satisfied with the Lord. He will satisfy my need. And so we need to find our satisfaction in Him. Again, He's the El Shaddai. And again, the breast speaks of a place of satisfaction. But he also, not only does he as a source of strength, source of satisfaction, 
but he is the one that makes us fruitful. Notice verses 4 and 5 and 6 of, of, of Genesis 19. He says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abraham, but thy name shall be called Abraham. For a father of many nations have I made thee, and I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thy, out of thy loin. Uh, it comes out of, the, out of thee. So here's the promise that God, he's the all-sufficient one. Uh, he is the one from which strength and satisfaction, and he's the source of our fruit. Uh, you know, Abraham tried. You know, now this is after Ishmael was born. So Abraham had tried to help God. God had made a promise earlier that Abraham was going to be fruitful. He'd be the father of many nations. His, his seed would be as the sand of the sea, and so on. He made those promises early to Abraham. Abraham got a little impatient, him and Sarah, and they decided, well, you know, he'd go into Hagar. You know, that's like trying the world's methods to be fruitful. No, Abraham, God said, I will make thee exceeding fruitful. I will make thee. You see, fruitfulness is the result of our obedience to the Lord. John chapter 12. John chapter 12. In John chapter 12. The Lord gives us a principle here of fruit bearing. John 12, verse 23. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a corn of wheat fall on the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. So just like a corn of wheat or grain of wheat, you put it in the ground and that grain dies. But it brings forth fruit. A stalk and then grain. It multiplied itself. It multiplies itself. And, and the principle here Jesus is teaching us is if you love your own life, you're going to die with just your own life. But if you will lose your life, or he uses the word here, hate your life, in this world, you'll keep it unto eternal life. You'll reap eternal life. If you're willing to deny yourself and die to self, he'll give you eternal life. And... A life of service, which will make you not only give you life, it may have effect on others to give them life, make you fruitful. See, if we want to bear fruit, we must die to self. Self is fruitless. It is worthless. It's worthless. John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Verse 4. 
Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. And he that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered. And men gather them, and cast them into the fire, and they are burnt. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, you ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples." But just, you know, he, he, is, he said, I'm the vine, you're the branch. The branch cannot bear fruit without the vine. The branch is attached to the vine. It gets its life from the vine. You know, we cannot bear fruit of ourselves unto life. It is through, again, the, 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 the Lord. Look at Second Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, Simon Peter, a servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord of Jesus our Lord, according as His divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, again, but he's talking here about you know, how to be fruitful, but where does it all come from? Well, it goes back to verse 1 and 2 and 3. We have righteousness through, we have righteousness through God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, and according to verse 3, according to his divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And by these promises, we become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So again, the key to fruit bearing is that we be, that, you know, it is, it is from him. It is through Him. It's not of ourselves. It's through His promises, obeying His commandments, yielding to His will. You know, Paul said two times in the book of 2 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 5, he said this, Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency is, is of God. Our sufficiency is of God. And then again in chapter 9, in verse 8, he said, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. 
He said, our, our sufficiency is not in ourselves. It's not in us. Now, Paul, again, was a very educated man, a very knowledgeable man of the Old Testament Scriptures. He had, you know, he could speak several languages, uh, very gifted, but he said, it's not. It's not of ourselves. Our sufficiency is not of ourselves. It's of God. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency may abound to every good work. See, God is the El Shaddai. He's the all-sufficient one. He can give us sufficiency in anything He asks of us. You've probably heard this saying, there's nothing you can't do that God asks of you. Because the sufficiency is of Him. In my life, verses, 1 Thessalonians 5.24, Faithful is He that calleth you, who also will do it. So if God calls you or asks something of you, He will He will do it through you. All you need to be is yielded. You just need to be yielded. Because our sufficiency is the all-sufficient one. The El Shaddai. The strong. Breasted. The sufficient one. You see, we serve a God who is all-sufficient. We don't need anything else. You know, Paul told the church of Colossae, ye are complete in Him. You're complete in Him. You don't need anything else. You don't need the worldly wisdom. You don't need the philosophies. And there, were, there was, and you know, some of the things he addressed in the, in the book of Colossians was the philosophies and the rudiments of this world. The principles of life concerning this world. He said, you don't need those things. You're complete in Him. You see, we have everything that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. Because He is the all-sufficient one. In fact, you know, the, word, the, the, the name is first used in Exodus chapter 3, I think. I am means the self-sufficient one. God's sufficient. We just need to put our trust and our rest and our confidence in Him. And so, may you be challenged and encouraged tonight to put your confidence and your trust in the Lord for everyday life. For everyday life. It means, as Paul said, that we have to die daily, yielding ourselves to Him on a daily basis, allowing Him to give us the strength to satisfy us and to make us fruitful as we walk in obedience to Him.